Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see all of you this morning. Inside your bulletin are these notes that you want to pull out. And if you have a Bible with you, or maybe one on a tablet or on your phone, please turn your Bibles to Psalm 42. In the Old Testament, Psalm 42. Our Nova Community Church app, our free app, in Google Play or the App Store, um, has a Bible on it, and there's also sermon notes that you can take a look at and pull up there. It's a wonderful VBS week, a celebration morning today, and we're ready to have a great day celebrating with all of you after the service. I want to invite everybody, if, if you don't have kids in VBS and you're here worshiping like a regular Sunday morning, we have all the food that you'll you'll ever want with Giuliano sandwiches and watermelon and cookies and hot dogs and lemonade and all kinds of stuff out there. And so please join us right after uh, this, uh, this worship service. Before we do all of that, though, I wanted us to spend a few minutes uh, looking into a Bible passage that relates to, I think it relates to all of our lives. I, I think you'll find it very relatable today. And uh, here at Nova... We are in a sermon series entitled um, God's Playlist, and we're in volume two of that. And it's a series on the Old Testament book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms is like a songbook. It's a, it's a book of 150 songs. It's lyrics to songs. It's like poetry and prayers, and it's, it's, it's just wonderful. And we're working through some of those uh, this summer um, in, uh, here at Nova. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. It was really hot this week and real humid. I uh, had to drop off my car for a repair in Hermosa Beach, and, uh, you know, my family was here serving at, at VBS, and some were working, and so I couldn't get a ride. I was going to get an Uber, and I thought, ah, I'll just do my cardio workout, so I'll drop my car off, and I'll run back, and man, that was a mistake. I mean, it was... Uh, <laughs> It was so hot, and then it started to rain on me, and I, and I got home, and I couldn't cool off, and I kept drinking water. I drank three bottles, you know, those regular bottles of water. I drank, I drank three of those, and I still just couldn't cool off. I don't know if, about you, but I remember in elementary school and in middle school and high school, I went to Edison Elementary and, and Magruder Middle School and North High. Any Saxons out there? Yeah, okay, good. Anyways, I remember in PE and playing sports in high school and after the workouts and all that, we would go to the drinking, those great Torrance Unified School drinking fountains. <laughs> and we'd, we'd get to that drinking fountain and then and if you could master the art of drinking and breathing through your nose at the same time, you would just, you could sit there for, stand there for the longest time just trying to take in water because we're so thirsty. Our psalm relates to that today. In Psalm 42. Let's take a look at it. I'm going to read it to you right now. We'll start in verse 1 and go all the way to the end. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. 
My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony, and my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is God's word for us today. You know, when it comes to your health, just your, your physical health, there are people who are trainers and then there are practitioners. And, and trainers, they help you with exercise and with nutrition and engagement in the disciplines that lead to healthy lifestyles. So there's trainers out there and then there's practitioners and there are doctors and other practitioners. And if something happens to you, if you get a condition that needs some sort of intervention, these practitioners will come in and give you medical intervention or surgical intervention if you need it, or even prescriptive interventions. But spiritually, it's similar, but it's different. There are disciplines that are like training and they're like exercise in our life that'll help us during these times. And today we're gonna take a look at Psalm 42 to see how to deal with how to deal with a certain spiritual problem or difficulty or condition. And I'll tell you, not many people talk about it, but we're going to talk about it today. It's sort of a secret when it comes to the Christian life because not many people really talk about this. And this spiritual condition will inevitably strike you if you're on a spiritual journey. And if you don't know how to deal with this condition it could be disastrous in your life. And the condition we're talking about today can best be described as a spiritual drought, a spiritual deadness or dryness, a spiritual darkness in your life. And so, so today we're going to talk all about, and we'll call this quenching your spiritual thirst in your life. And it's important to know what this condition is and its cause and its cure if you want to grow spiritually. So number one in your notes, it's what is the condition? And verse one gives us a condition in a word picture or a metaphor, and verse two explains it. Verse one says, as the deer, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. See, a, a panting deer is a deer that's, that's dying of, of thirst. And this deer goes to the streams to find cool, clear, water to quench its thirst only to find that river all dried up now the psalmist is saying that the the songwriter is saying i'm like this thirsty deer and god is like the dry creek bed verse 2 explains this he says my soul thirsts for god for the living god when can i go and meet with god and it it's not that the psalmist that the songwriter doesn't believe in god anymore the songwriter feels, feels like God isn't in his life right now, like he's, God's far away. That, 
the, the songwriter says, I'm having problems connecting with God. And he, he's lost his relational experience of the presence of God. And truth be told, if you've been on this spiritual journey in your life, you have experienced what the psalmist is writing here. He's lost his relational experience of the presence of God. And then he describes this, this condition in verse 5 in the beginning. He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? And this is what he's feeling. Now, words to describe this condition could be spiritual drought or spiritual dryness or darkness or, or spiritual deadness. In other psalms, this condition occurs. It's written about in other, in other songs. But it's always as a result, this is different, because in other psalms, it's as a result of guilt or as a result of some moral failure or some sort of uh, wrongdoing. But you'll notice here in Psalm 42, the one we're reading here today, that's not what's happening here. The songwriter here is experiencing deep spiritual darkness, and he's done nothing wrong. A lot of people think this way. This is, this is a typical Western sort of American way to think, that they think, if I'm experiencing spiritual drought, if, if God feels far away from me, people will think this all the time in the Western world. If, if I'm feeling, if God feels so far away and, and I feel so dark and dead and dry inside spiritually, people will say, I must have done something wrong. But that's not what we're reading here. And I, and I got to tell you, it's not talked about a lot. This is one of the reasons why it's hard to admit to a friend that God feels far away right now. That you feel a little bit, you, you're, not, you're not connecting with God well. Because when you say that to a friend, a lot of friends, although they're well-meaning, they'll say, well, have you prayed in faith? Have you confessed your sins? Have you tried a better church? Are you reading your Bible enough? Have you been counting your blessings? Have you rebuked the devil? Have you tried making a gratitude list? And it just goes on and on and on, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to talk to you about how I'm feeling. Because that person is thinking you can't possibly be experiencing spiritual deadness if you're doing all the right things. But that is not true. Now, of course, spiritual deadness can happen when you're doing something wrong. But the point is, is here in Psalm 42. This condition will befall you regardless. And if you're a newer Christian, if you're a Christian that's, that's new to the faith and you're thinking, wow, everything's great. The songs we sang are, are wonderful. They make me clap and raise my hands and I cry and, and I read my Bible and everything's new and, and I'm making such good Christian friends and, and all of that sort of a thing. I need to tell you this. And we need to tell every new Christian and every Christian this can happen to you. And in fact, this will happen to you. And we'll talk about the cures in a little bit. Usually no one explains to you that this is going to happen. And, and our culture is this, that you don't expect this to happen unless you're doing something wrong. And if, if, if you're a Christian, you sort of get surprised and then you start to think, well, Christianity is a sham. I must be doing something wrong. No one else is experiencing this like I am because no one talks about it. All of us have to be aware of this. 
When spiritual drought happens, we're not always aware. We don't know what to do when this happens, but it'll happen. And for us, let's just say, let's bring it down to our local region. For Southern California people, for South Bay people, for, for us here in this area, we're so good at enjoying life here, aren't we? It's an incredibly beautiful day today. We're so good at doing things. We're so good at working hard. We're so good at being stressed out. We're so good at trying to keep up. We're so good at working out and trying to be active and things like that. But we're not so good when something like this happens in our life. Am I right? And some of you are here today, and you're familiar with this condition. You have experienced this. But when this condition hits, you don't know what to make of it. And you start to think, maybe God isn't real. And that, and I hear this all the time, and church really disappointed me. Those sermons aren't that good, and those people are not nice. The music is kind of boring. The programs don't meet my needs. And my Christian friends disappointed me. They're hypocrites, they're gossipy, and they're unloving. And it's all just part of this condition that these things start to come up. I meet people all the time in my work out here in the South Bay community. I, I, I meet people all the time, and they find out that I'm a pastor, and they'll tell me, you know, I used to identify as a Christian. I believed in God. I used to believe in God. I used to be so involved in that church. I was in a small group, a Bible study. I had great Christian friends, but then spiritual drought happened a dryness, a darkness, a deadness happened, and they just couldn't find a way to deal with it. This is the condition. So wherever you're at today, you might be experiencing this today, or it might be just right around the corner. If you don't treat this condition well, it'll start to overtake you. Number one, this is the condition. Number two is, what causes this condition anyways? What, what are the causal factors of this condition is a better way to put it. Because these are the causal factors associated with a condition of spiritual deadness and dryness and, and, and drought in our life. And the first is this. It's a disruption of community. We'll take a look at what the psalmist writes here. In verses 4 and 6 of Psalm 42, he writes this. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan in the heights of Hermon from Mount Mazar. So just to give you some context of the, the geography, perhaps, of, of this passage, from this passage, we don't know what happened to the songwriter. We don't know what's going on here. But what we read here is he used to live in the southern part of Judah. And he was close to the temple. They didn't have uh, cars and, and Ubers and all that. He just couldn't, he couldn't get to the temple. Um, well, he was close to the temple, so he would walk to the temple daily. He, was in, he was, had Christian friends out there. And he would worship with joy and praise because he was in the southern part of Judah. And then we read here in verse 6 
for some reason, he finds himself in the northern part of Judah. And he's far away from the people of God. He's far away from the temple. And he's away from a spiritual community. Now, we don't know what happened. If he was exiled, if he was captured and in prison, or if he just moved to the northern part. But here's the point. You could study the Bible by yourself. And you should. It's a good thing. And you study the Bible with other people, like we're doing right now. You could pray by yourself, and that's a great thing. Or you can pray together like we have been this morning. You could sing worship songs by yourself. You know, download that, that Hillsong uh, uh, Spotify playlist or, or Bethel or whatever. And, and sing in your car and sing uh, while you're at the gym and, and just listen to it. It's great by yourself. Or you can come together and sing like we didn't have this powerful time of singing together and hearing other voices like this. But the point is this, you need them both. You need them both. I think we underestimate the importance of having a community, a communal worship experience here. In the South Bay, it's it's really interesting. The South Bay is this transient community. People are moving in and moving out all the time. And, and, And chances are, You've had good friends move away from where you are. How many of you have ever had a good friend move away? Raise your hand. It's heartbreaking. And the South Bay's like that. So what you have to do is you need to continue to build and grow and expand your spiritual community so that you can encourage others and they can encourage you and you can hold others accountable and they can hold you accountable and you can have prayer with people and friendship together because If you're smart, you know that that's what this community's like. The first thing, the the causal factor of this spiritual drought is a disruption of community. The second causal factor that we can read about here is disillusionment with life. In verses 3 and then 9 and 10, the psalmist writes, My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? You don't ask this question, where is your God, unless there are disappointing circumstances that have happened in your life. You're thinking, if he's God, if he's really loving, if God is looking out for my best interests, then why is all this bad stuff happening in my life? And I think all of us have asked that question before. Let's just be really honest here. Your life will not go as perfect as you want it to go. So when the inevitable tough stuff in life happens, people will ask you, wow, you're going through a tough time. Where's your God? Why didn't he show up and help you here? And you may even ask yourself the same, God, where are you? Disillusion with life will be a major causal factor in this spiritual drought that you experience. And the third thing we find here from Psalm 42 is physical deprivation. So we have a um, disconnection with community and a disillusionment with life and then this physical deprivation. The psalmist writes, my tears have been my food day and night. And here, what we see here is a songwriter appears to not be eating 
because he's saying tears are my food and he's not sleeping because he says day and night. He, he's, he's crying. He's, he, he, he's not sleeping. And you'll probably find it difficult to deal with your spiritual depression and your discouragement, especially when there's a physical factor added to it. The lack of food and the lack of rest are aggravating your spiritual condition. So, you know, if you say, I'm, I'm spiritually down, I'm spiritually dried up, I'm spiritually depressed, the medical field will say, here, take a pill, this will help you. The, the, the moralists out there, the legalists, the moralists will say, well, knock it off, you must be doing something wrong. Are you in sin? And then the psychological community will say, hey, let's just talk about it a little bit. I just want to listen to you as you talk about this, and then I'll analyze it. But the Bible says this. If you're spiritually down, if you're depressed and discouraged, what you need, this is what you need. You need friends, you need food and rest, and you need the truth of who God is. So what is this condition? It's spiritual drought. What are the causal factors of this condition? It's community. It's disruption of, of a disengagement with community. It's, it's, this, it's this tough stuff that happens in life. And then it's taking care of yourself physically. So number three, the last one we'll take a look at today is, what are the cures for the condition of spiritual drought? What are the cures for this condition? Now, the songwriter here identifies four things he does when spiritual drought strikes. And so this right here, everyone has experienced this. Maybe you're in it right now. This right here is when you really need to pay attention right here, okay? The first is this. You need to pour out your soul. You need to pour out your soul. The psalmist writes in verse 4, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. He says this, When I'm in this condition, I get nothing out of worship. When I'm feeling really spiritually dry and dark, I get nothing out of prayer. I get nothing out of the Bible. And I don't sense God's presence at all. And I know it. I've experienced this in my life. And I, and I read Psalm 42 and I relate so well to this. And I, and I think, this psalm is so beautiful because it's so intimate. It's so raw. It's so vulnerable. It's so honest. And it's really just a prayer. It's this guy's prayer of what he's experiencing when he's going through this tough time. And it's all about praying and worshiping a God that feels distant. It's all about praying and worshiping a God that feels far away. It's about praying and worshiping a God that's silent. And that's hard. But this is a lesson for all of us. When you feel spiritually dry, don't stop praying. Don't stop worshiping. And don't stop reading the scriptures. Stick to it. If nothing else, if nothing else, talk to God 
about how spiritually dead you feel and how much you miss the times when he felt close. Talk to the absent God about his absence. The first thing you do, one of the cures here is pour out your soul. The second is this, analyze your hopes. Analyze your hopes. In verses 5 and 11, five, verses 5 and 11 of Psalm 42 are identical. The songwriter writes, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You, you see the self-examination here, this analysis of how he feels? He's asking himself, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed? He's, he's asking himself this. And the psalmist is looking for his hope. It, it's as if he puts his hopes in someone or something that really let him down. And he's honest about it. And, and when you're down and when you're depressed, it's a good time to stop and ask and analyze, where are my hopes anyways? Where are my hopes? Then reaffirm the hope in the one that will never let you down. The first thing you do is you pour out your soul. The second is you analyze your hopes. The third is you remember the loving grace of God. You remember, you recall, you rehearse the loving grace of God. In verse 6 and 8, he writes, My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. Verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. The songwriter here, the psalmist, is remembering and thinking about God's unmerited grace and unconditional love. And he's turned it into a song. And, and I would imagine he just sings this song to himself over and over and over again. It becomes sort of this earworm that he just keeps singing over and over and over again in his mind to just continue to reaffirm his hope. The third thing he does is this. He uh, tells his heart the truth. This is my favorite one. He tells his heart the truth. In verses 5 and 11, and again, it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the key. You will never get out of spiritual discouragement unless you learn this. See, he's poured out his soul, he's analyzed his hopes, and he's remembered the loving grace of God. And then he stops listening to what his heart is telling him, and he starts talking to his heart. He starts, if you want to call it, he starts preaching to his heart. I remember a time when I was in college, and it, this struck me. I was going to Cal State Dominguez Hills. And I don't, I, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was in, I had good Christian friends. I had a church I was serving with. I was going to college. Things were looking pretty good. And it just, it, it felt like a ton of bricks. I did, just hit a wall. And it seems strange to me now, but I couldn't get out of bed. And I know some of you right now, you relate really well to what I just said, that you couldn't get out of bed. Now, it seems simple, you know, 
you're done sleeping. So you take the covers off and you put your feet on the floor and you get up, right? And it seems simple, and it seems simple to me, but I couldn't get out of bed. And I missed class for weeks. My room was just dark. There was no, well, there were computers, but I didn't have one back then. So there was no reaching for my phone or my iPad to look and see what's going on. There was no, I had no social contact because there was no social media in that, in that day. Maybe there was, but I didn't have it. But what I did, and I don't know how I, how I got this, what I did was I got those index cards. I don't know if you know what those are. They're just like these cards and they're lines on one side and they're blank on the other. And I got some scriptures. I pulled out my Bible finally and I wrote them on this card that basically the scriptures, I don't remember what they were, but basically it was get up, get out of bed scriptures, you know, and keep moving forward because God loves you. It's going to be okay. And I would wear shirts t-shirts or shirts like with a pocket and I put three or four cards in there and this is what it was like first I was able to get out of bed and I'd get in my car and I'd drive to campus and then I'd get out of my car and I'd take a couple steps and I'd dead in my tracks I, I can't take another step I, I feel so down and so dried up that I can't go any further and I'd pull out one of those cards and I would talk to my heart through scripture and it would just encourage my heart. And I'd take five or ten, it, this is literal, I'd take five or ten more steps and I'd, I don't know if I can do this, and I'd pull out another card and, I'd, and I would make it to class and then I'd get in my car and go home and go to bed. But I did that for week, day after day and week after week until finally it was like the wall crumbled and I was able to break through the wall. 